Hello, I'm Kirsten O'Brien. Welcome to 16 Summers, the podcast that really only wants the answer to one simple question. If you had to choose between the childhood that you had or the one you're giving to your children, which would you pick? Being an old dad has given me a greater appreciation of how how precious this time right now is. I can definitely see that what I did was try to create for my children the kind of fantasy childhood that I wanted. It was an improvement, like I said, that's what you want to be of his father. So I knew his, his shortcomings weren't his fault. You know, there was, there was what he's learned from his father and he loved us. Manure Boy, which was my, my nickname at school, was not going to fit in very well. The impact of fame on family is a whole nother topic because I think it, it changes their world and their life as well. And It was every cover of every newspaper and every magazine, just unendingly. This week I'm chatting to Jason Manford, comedian, singer, actor, radio presenter. Jason does the lot. You can hear him on Absolute Radio on a Sunday morning and his latest stand-up tour is on sale now. Oh, and being the smasher he is, he's currently driving people to their coronavirus jab appointments. He managed to squeeze in a chat from this gig on his lunch break. Jason grew up with his four siblings in a terraced house in Wally Range in Manchester. Now he still lives in the northwest with his second wife and two kids, but he also has four kids from his first marriage, including twins. So whose childhood was more fun? Right, so I'm going to start then by, you need to paint a picture of what your childhood was like. Right, I feel at this point you should start playing like the Hovis music in the background because right. we were poor. <laughs> How poor. We used to get up half an hour before we went to bed. Uh, it was, um, yeah, I mean, you know. I don't like to go on about it, but it was pretty. When I heard a line uh, that somebody said to me, uh, somebody who I lived live with on on my road, who's uh, now you know gone on to great things, and he said, um, he said, you know, we had an underprivileged childhood. I found out later. Because <laughs> you weren't, but that's good, isn't it? If you yeah, weren't aware of it at the time, because you just don't know. Like at the time. You're just cracking on, aren't you? are just out, you're playing football, you're coming in, you know, a bit of water, back out. Like, you just didn't know what was going on. So our parents obviously did a good enough job that uh, that we weren't aware. That so we in were. what way would you say, and I'm going to say it how you say it now, poor, the proper poor. northern pronunciation, yes. poor. In what <laughs> way did you discover that you were poor? Well, I, I just, again, I discovered later on in life how bad it was as a kid. Because obviously, like I said, as a kid, you don't know. Um, I was doing a gig in Manchester and I said to my mum, oh, I'm doing this charity gig uh, if you want to come along. And she said, all right, what's that for? And I said, it's for a charity called the Lord Mayor's Fund. Um, and it's, uh, I said, it's a charity that helps, uh, you know, underprivileged families um, sort of with uniforms for schools and, uh, you know, and also at once a year um, they, they let sort of 80 families or so go on a week's holiday. Uh, in into Butlins or something like that, and my mum uh, just like it was the most normal thing in the world. Went, oh yeah, no, I know that charity because we used to use them. <gasps> and, I said, well, <laughs> and that was the first you'd known. And that was sort of the first. I, I mean, obviously, I, I was aware that I had friends at school that with you know bigger houses and went on fancy holidays and stuff like that. But yeah, and I said, what that holiday we went on? We went on this a week holiday to Profelli in Wales. It was the only holiday I had in my whole childhood, and. Uh, and it was paid for by the Lord Mayor's Fund, which I didn't realise, you know, at the time. It was just a week in in, in Wales to us. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and that was and that was sort of the first time. I thought, oh, crikey, yeah. 
Um, and then when you look back, you start going, oh, okay, yeah, the clues are there now. They're sort of hiding behind the sofa while the bailiff's knocking at the door. Um, you know, and then suddenly you come home from school and the telly's gone. You're like, what happened? Oh, it's just gone. You know, so, yeah, it was pretty, you know, not to, I don't want to make... Uh, <laughs> to go on about it but yeah it was it it was it was tough and, and my parents both worked that was the mad thing you know they weren't lazy um and my dad was worked in the nhs and my mum then became my mum had us very young she was 17 which uh, obviously by manchester standards is quite the late starter uh, <laughs> but um, i was born i was born about a week after her 17th birthday and uh, my and dad where was were you in the mix because there's a lot of you i'm the eldest yeah years? Right. There shouldn't be anyone older than me. She had me a week after her 17th birthday. <laughs> no, but you could have been A law has been broken <laughs> if, I was, if I'm not the eldest. <laughs> so you're the eldest, and then you've got who and who and who. Uh, and then it was – so there's so there's five of us now, but growing up there was three of us. So um, there's me, Stephen, and Colin, um, and there's sort of two years between each of us. Um, and then there's a huge gap, and when I was about 18 – my mum and dad had a had a little girl and then a little boy. So wow. yeah, so now I've got these sort of like siblings which are sort of like children. <laughs> I mean now, they're in the twenties now, but But instantly I kinda wanna know what went on there with your parents, don't you? I mean you probably well, don't want to When a man and a woman love each other very much. <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? When you've got it all done and dusted, I know. And we've all been there now and we're like, Oh well thank God we're out do of you know sleep. I mean? Why would you go back to Who that? Knows? Well, I don't think it was my dad's decision. Quite a lot of the times I would I would come home, my dad would just be sat on an armchair just staring at these kids like, I was, I was out. It's like that, that line from The Godfather, every time I think I was out, they pull me back in. And uh, my mum, I think, was just desperate for a, for a daughter. Or some company, um, some better company. company. Maybe that's what it was, yeah. We were starting to leave home and, and she thought, hang on a minute, I don't fancy <sighs> that. So she filled the nest again. But she was, you know, she's... Well, she's only 56 now, you know, so 57 now. So, yeah, so she's still. She could go again. Oh, don't say that, God, God. <laughs> I think I just heard my dad pass over. Um, but, yeah, so it was, you know, so it really growing up, it was the three of us. And um, so we lived on a council estate in, uh, in, in, in Mossside, Wally Range area. Um, and but I went to school. Thankfully, I went to school in sort of a towards the Chalton area, and it was a it was a decent enough school. That I mean, it was rough, but it was it wasn't like crime rough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like some yeah. of the schools when I was growing up, and um, and I, and I also fell into a good crowd as well. I had mates, my friend Lucy and my friend Simon and Neil. They they were sort of from the sort of posh end of South Manchester, if you will. And uh, you know, they they had parents who were on the PTA, and I think Simon's dad was a governor and at the school and stuff like that. So, and, and in fact, I've never, I've never told anybody this, right? But, um, and I'm, I'm sure my mum won't mind. Uh, when my mum was like a youngster, 13, she got in some trouble. She was sort of climbing up a, um, onto some a church roof or something like that with some boys. They were dared her to do it. And she fell and she broke this roof. She actually broke her leg. Um, but she got in trouble with the police and ended up needing, I don't know who they are, what sort of civil servant ends up looking after people who've committed a sort of minor crime in, the, in their youth. But one of these people, uh, you know, was looking after my uh, mum, essentially checking on her, in on her, make sure she never broke the, <laughs> broke the law again, which she didn't, thankfully. Um, and, um, and I found out again years later, that was my best friend at school's dad. Gosh. Isn't that random? Yeah. So random, yeah. So he ended up, uh, yeah, Mike, Mike Pickering. Mike your mother. 
he ended up making sure my mum was uh, was not going to, you know, end up end up a wrong uh, and he did yeah. a good job, thankfully. But uh, but yeah, so my mum was one of eleven. You know, they were Irish immigrants. It was you know, it was a lot of a lot going on, and 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 so it was yeah, it was sort of hand to mouth really. And my, I remember my dad used to work. He'd be work all day at the hospital. He'd come home, have a quick bite to eat, and then and I lie down for an hour, and then he'd go out to work in a pub over over like you know till sort of close of. Uh, close a business at a pub and then come home. But and at Christmas time he would have a third job when he would finish the pub and then go to the post office and help sort out uh all the all the posts overnight and then come just literally come home, have an hour, get back to work. I mean it's a wonder they had time for any baby making any brothers, I know. Who knew? Who knew? But you know what? Looking now at your career, because when I started looking at what you've done and stuff, and apart from the side that you're annoyingly you can do a bit of everything the, the comic the <laughs> presenter the singer the actor I'm wondering how much of what your the graft that you, you're saying your dad did is sort of imprinted oh, on you because you 100%. just graft don't you I never stop I mean even this I mean look at I'm talking to you my hour break from doing this driving mm. uh for the vaccine and stuff and, and my wife's like what are you doing <laughs> just yeah. make a make a donation <laughs> sit down I'm like no I've got to get out got to go and do I've got to do stuff. You know, I, I like being, I struggle, me. If, if I have two weeks off, I struggle. Holidays I find very hard um, of doing nothing, you know. So, um, but I don't mind it really. I, it makes, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate. My dad's a bit of a sage, you know, and, uh, you know, he'll say things like, you know, find a job that you love and you'll never work a day in your life and all that, you know. Yeah. And I think there's some truth in that. You know, when you find yourself in a job like what we do, it's not just a job. It's not just your income. It's also a privilege to do this job. And and certainly the pandemic, if anything, has sort of made me realise that even more that, you know, there's been weeks where, we, you know, we did quizzes online and comedy gigs and all these sorts of things. And although you're not getting paid for them, you're still bringing joy to people. And part of you think, well, that's actually your job. And some days you get paid for it and some days you don't. Mm. And in terms of... Uh, being funny in my mind now I've got you down as like the class clown when you were little the class joke yeah. was that you is that yeah the I mean you were I, in school? I think it was yeah but I mean we all we all thought we were funny didn't we um but uh yeah I think I think I was I think I was funny I certainly remember making friends laugh and getting in trouble for it and um and stuff like that but uh but there's there's still some people that if you spoke to people in my school and told them you know Jason Manford turned out to be a comedian they'd be like what? That guy. <laughs> so I was pretty quiet, really, in um, for the first part of school, certainly the first few years. And I, I remember there being um, some sort of bigger boys that I used to avoid. Um, and I'd spend a lot of time in the library. I got a job in the library, sort of helping sort out Mrs. Crawley, sort out all the books. And um, and so I remember that being my sort of thing that I would do. Uh, of a break time and, and after school and stuff, um, and I just loved it. Like I, I, I love school. Not, not nobody in my family ever went on to further education until I did, um, and that's not because they weren't bright. You know, my dad is in, my dad's incredibly clever. Like he, when I did uh, Celebrity Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, he was my phone a friend. <laughs> so <laughs> that's how clever he is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, did he's clever. Him? Did you have to use him? Uh, I did use him, and he got it wrong. <laughs> so it's not, it's, not, it's not the best advert. <laughs> but, um, not that clever, it turns out. Not that out. clever, no. But, um, <clears throat> you know, my mum's incredibly bright as well. So I think there was something about them that, and I think partly the fact that they stayed, you know, they managed to stay together, which was very unusual for our road. 
there was a lot of single parents you know what we were one of the few families really that were a full family essentially you know um if you pardon the expression you know yeah. and uh, and i think that sort of helped you know definitely sort of gave me um a, a really good uh, sort of start in life in that respect, you know, and not to say that and I'm, I'm, you know, divorced myself. So it's not like it, it's um, a judgment thing, but I just think at that point in my life and, I, and my mum will say this as well. I think without ha- my mum came from a very, very, very poor background and a very um, tempestuous and, and, you know, there was violence and there was all sorts going on in her background. And she found my dad and and he really was the sort of you know the rudder really he he sort of kept her and got through a lot of a lot of stuff and and kept us all got us all through a lot of stuff really yeah. um and and sort of i guess he's the sort of person who gives you your you know as as a as a boy i suppose for me i think you look to your dad as the person who gives you your sort of moral code and your moral compass and um and like you said the sort of work ethic and stuff for me so that was yeah that's 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 old dad and what about in terms of getting on with your siblings, particularly your, your two yeah. brothers in age? Oh, I mean, we we just played football all the time. We had a laugh all the time. Um, but, and I was the eldest, but I wasn't the toughest. My next brother along, Stephen, was the toughest. And so on our road, where there was always like, uh, uh, I think uh, I think Clifford and Paul are having a fight. Oh, great. Let's go and get on the wreck and have a fight. Um, there was a lot of that going on. And I was one of the few people who would like, uh, if I ever found myself in a situation where there was going to be a fight with me, I'd be like, I'm going to go and get my little brother. You know, most people go and get their big brother. <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, I'm going to get my little brother on you. Um, and Stephen was, um, yeah, just a, had a mad temper, but um, incredibly honest. Like one of the most honest people you'll ever met. Never cheated at any games. Um, you know, was good at a lot of things. You know, same with Colin as well, really. But Stephen just never, he was proper straight down the line. He's still like that now, you know. And uh, I remember once we, um, we, my dad at the top of the road, I don't know why you do this, but you probably get in trouble now. He'd say, right, who can run to the house uh, with their eyes closed? And it was a good, like, you know, <laughs> 800 yards. <laughs> who can run home with their eyes closed? So I go out. Oh, no problem. I can I can win that race. So and I and I won that race because I didn't close my eyes. I just had one of them a little bit open so I could see. Yes, of obviously, yes. yeah. And I ran into the you know through the door and off there. My brother ran all the way home and ran straight into the wall next to the door because <laughs> he was so honest. <laughs> and we just played. You know, we just I, I, that's all I remember doing is just playing out. That's most of my childhood. Oh yeah, what happened there? Where have you gone? Hello? Hello? Have I got lost? Is it me that's lost? Oh. Young Jason's gone. Oh. There he comes. He's back! No worries. Oh, uh, as I was saying, uh, <laughs> I think I left at the point where I said I just remember playing out all the time. I just played on the road, and I was even when I was when I got to college. I remember getting to college at sixteen, and and afterwards, uh, some of the people in my class would be like going into town and stuff, and I'd never been off my road. <laughs> I was sixteen, and I was still 
I just still go out and play football with you know when I see like 30, 12, 13 year olds on the road now and even younger so it's just wandering about I think that never happened to me when I was a kid I just literally stayed on our road all of the time which I would so say it. is potentially unusual for because we're, yeah. we're slightly younger than me but that is unusual in itself for that for that era isn't it it is yeah because you just I mean we you occasionally go you know your dad would send you to the shop to get some bread and fags um, <laughs> that's the sort of thing you do when you were eleven. And you're like, am I allowed to do this? You wouldn't even question it back then. Um, but we're not but yeah, going gallivanting, that, meeting girls from other schools not. and all of that. No, definitely not. It was definitely not something we did. Sort of that summer of 16 was the first time that I'd, I sort of ventured out. I finished school and met some friends in up in Charlton at the park and stuff and met some girls and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But other than that, yeah, it wasn't, uh, just wasn't something we did. We just played, we just played like five aside or whatever on the front on the front so we're getting a picture of uh, a poor childhood as we're saying a, a, a grafter uh and a good kid I, i'm not I, sure i, I expected I you to be a good kid if i'm honest well just, you know what's funny it's, it's what it's what your level of uh goodness is like so on our road um you were good if you never brought the police to your parents door right but that was like he's a good kid him he never brings the police to his mum's door like that was the level of that's all you had to do to be registered as good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you didn't have to do washing up, you didn't have to do any, you didn't have to do anything, just as long as law enforcement never came round to check on you. That was it, really. Don't get me wrong. You know, I was certainly in trouble as a kid, and there was de- there's definitely like times where if you said to my mum, "Was he good for his whole childhood?" She'd go, "No." Between the ages of seven and twelve. <laughs> When he met, and I used to hang around with this cousin of mine, and um, he was a bit of a wrong, and uh, we used to get in, into scrapes and stuff. But and, and, and near our road, there was a an old. In fact, I, I still feel awful about this now. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna come clean now, right? Um, on our road, there was we backed onto. They had weird things. There was an old people's home, a nunnery, and a train track. It was like it was like something about Scooby Doo. Um, <laughs> And uh, but they also had an old cricket, a uh, cricket pitch, Wally Range Cricket and Tennis Club. It was, and he used to be an old man, Edgar, and he was—I mean, he was old when my dad was a kid. Like you know, what I mean, like he's just been old for his whole life. This guy, and he was in charge. He was the the sort of groundskeeper on this cricket pitch, and he would come out every day, and he and he mow this lawn and he loved this cricket pitch like you could just see like he was so proud and we would after he went off he would finish at like half four and we would climb over the fence this sort of seven foot fence uh, with our football and our football boots and trainers and we would play football on his beautifully manicured cricket <laughs> pitch right cricket field and I never felt bad about it <laughs> at the time um and he he then occasionally would come back and catch us in the act. Or on a Saturday, he would catch us. And he would come in and you'd get the call from the goalkeeper. He'd spot in force. Edgar's coming. Edgar's coming. And we'd all <laughs> quickly grab our coats and bits and bobs. And we'd be gone. Like, And he never ran because, like I said, he was an old man anyway. But he was like Terminator 2. You know, he just keeps on walking. Yes, at you. And he would just, <laughs> he'd just keep coming at you. And they, occasionally he would like... I don't know how he got in, but he would like end up on our road, and that was like the most terrifying thing. Because like Freddy Krueger, as long as he's there, like in that world, yeah. he can't ever come into our world. 
I mean, in terms of uh, anecdotes there, I'm quite relieved. It's more in the sort of Theresa May running through the cornfield thing. I thought you were going to say, you know, you, you were spiking his Horlicks or something with that. Well, you know, no, no, rider type tale. <laughs> no, no, it's definitely not that bad. And it's definitely not, you know, it's more of a, you know, a, a Beano yes, uh, bad. Yes. So, I mean, you know, you wouldn't leave a freshly baked apple pie on a, on a ledge no. uh, near where we live. But I remember, remember one time, this is the bit that I feel awful about, right? Was one time he'd obviously had enough. You know, he'd had five or six years of these kids coming on, playing football on his beautiful cricket ground. And so one like day while we were all at school, there was a bit of a wreck in the corner of, of this field and he'd gone over, he'd cleared it of all the crap, he'd mowed it and he'd brought the white lines thing out and he'd made like a little miniature football pitch. Oh. For us kids, right? Yes, because yes. that's a lovely thing to oh, do, isn't it? Oh, yes. And yet when we got there, we played on it for 10 minutes and then went and played on his cricket pitch. <gasps> you rotted. <sighs> yeah, horrible. I mean, it, I, I must have been bullied into that. That's not something I don't, I don't think I would have done that. I wouldn't have been my idea, but I would have gone on with it because I'm a people pleaser. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I do still feel bad about um, about that and, and also, you know, shouting eggy, eggy in the egg pot as he came at us um, all those years ago. So, yeah, you know, I was, I was sort of a – I could have gone either way. There was a lot of kids on <laughs> It doesn't sound like it. It sounds like it. I know. I, I do – no, I, I don't think I could have ever been bad. I mean – No. Our family, you know, there was a lot of um, – you know, crime wasn't far away from our sort of road. Um, there was often – police were often round – um, you know, and in our family, you know, there was there was certainly people who um have been in trouble with the law, you know, my uncle, who now thankfully is a drugs counsellor. Um but uh he he was, you know, he was a big sort of uh drug fiend for a long time. I remember one time he stole my mum's car. Um, now, now we're talking. Bocca, yeah, here we my... go. These are Listen the tales. To <laughs> Listen to this. Not it's your not cricket only... picture We're in the car <laughs> Now we're in the twocking. Not only stole it, when he when it actually ended up being found, because he didn't bring it back, it had bullet holes in the oh. side. <laughs> and honestly, we went to school with this car with bullet holes in the side of it. These are the tales <laughs> we need. Yeah. So, you, but you can... But you can see why, like for me, the idea of being in trouble or breaking the law or whatever that would be, because I was so close to that world. I saw it, you know, and I think it's a bit like when your parents smoke and then you decide not to. Yes. (laughs) I think we were just close to it. And it wasn't like anyone was bad. Anyone was sort of, you know, an inherently horrible person. You know, obviously drugs is a different matter, but... Um, you know, and there was definitely an element of desperation as well. I certainly remember times where, uh, you know, we had a friend of the family who'd like, I think he'd like robbed a, a quick save or something one night, just in the middle of the night, just gone in and robbed loads of food. And then two o'clock in the morning, he must have come round to ours, filled the cupboard, woke up the next morning, it was like Santa had been. <laughs> food coming out of the cupboards, like, you know, and and it was sort of like, well, just don't ask any questions because where else are we going to get this much food from? Yeah. So, so yeah. what was the happiest you remember being in your childhood? Is, is there a moment that stands out? Is there a, a thing? Um, like I said, we, we laughed a lot like as, as kids. Um, we didn't, we never got, um, we never, we never got smacked. Like, and there was kids on our road who did. Like, you could hear them like, whack. 
and then they come out all glassy eyes. I don't want to talk about it. Just like rubbing their thighs. Um, and we, that was never something my parents did really. I think because um, certainly my mum had come from a place where, you know, they did get smacked growing up. Uh, my dad had a very unique punishment, which was um, he would make you stand in the corner, <laughs> like facing the wall on the bookshelf uh, for however long he decided. But eventually you just start reading books because there's a bookshelf there and you're bored. But he would never tell you off for that. Yeah. Like that was, you know, it wasn't like part of the punishment, but it was, I think it was just like a, a byproduct of this punishment. So I ended up being, I was about nine years old and I'd like just finished the Jabberwocky or something. Because <laughs> it, like, it was my dad's bookshelf. Like, you know, it's really weird. Um, but, um, but yeah, happiest. Crikey, that's a good question. I used to love, um, I love my paper round. I love the sort of freedom of doing my paper round and all the different people I met while I was cycling around just in my own little world. Um, I had a little um, tape player, you know, with headphones and stuff. And I'd just be like out just, I don't even know what I was listening to, just whatever was, you know, I'd just nick tapes off my mum and dad really. Yeah. Remember, I'm just, I just fundamentally remember being about 12 or maybe a bit older listening to Tracy Chapman's debut album. I <laughs> love that remember. album. That's it's the only album I can album. sing every lyric to oh, and it's in the right key. Yeah, I still listen to it now. It's great. Yeah. But as a 12 year old, like, boy, doing his thing. <laughs> so I remember that. I remember sort of, you know, stopping outside of people's houses and uh, reading the Beano or the Dandy quickly before I put it through a letterbox. <laughs> I sort of sound like I'm from the 50s. But that was, um, that was sort of, yeah, I enjoyed that. And then I enjoyed, um, then my friend Lucy, who, uh, Lucy Calloway, who was my like best friend at school. She was in the year below me and she was, and she still is like the funniest person I've ever met in my life. And I just remember laughing so much with her and we were sort of obviously madly in love with each other, like, but at different times in our childhood. <laughs> and, uh, and then we, and we were just like best friends. Like we never, and we were, ne we never sullied it with a, with a snog or a, or a, even a handhold, but we were just properly boy and girl best friends. And I used to walk her home from school and because we were still talking, even though we spent all day with each other, she'd then walk me home, which was another like mile and a half. And then because we were still talking, I'd walk her home again. <laughs> so it was like, I just remember those evenings of, you know, summer evenings and spring evenings of just walking and just laughing and talking. And then her parents would invite me into their house for dinner. They lived in this massive house in Cholton, which is quite a posh area compared to where I was from. And they'd always... Um, they always make me dinner because I think they were worried that I wasn't getting like <laughs> I wasn't getting fed, oh. uh, and then I would go home and have a second dinner. Yeah, and even now, like her dad Mike, if I ever pop round, uh, like for some reason I always time it just as they're cooking. Like even as a grown man, um, he's like, "You never change, you do you, Jace? You never change. You're always here just as dinner's being made." Um, so yeah, I think I just was very fortunate, really, that I made great friends, um, had, a, a, you know, had, there was a lot of love around us in, in, at home. Um, I was in a band with some pals, Simon and Neil and stuff. And we did some gigs at local leisure center, you know, it was all that going on. So yeah, just, I sort of just, I got stuck in me and I never wasted a day. Yeah. And, and you've continued to get stuck in and what's interesting, yeah. I think chatting to you as we sort of flip now into bringing up your kids is that you have very much done a tour based, you've got a tour written, haven't you based on mm. this model class, which yeah. is the fact that you have ended up in a different class to what mm. you're bringing your children up in. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's yeah, essentially that's what the last tour. It's available on the iPlayer now. Uh, it, thank you, uh, Muddle Clash. Yeah, so and it was essentially that, which was my children are middle class, and I'm in my head at least uh, working class. Uh, I think once you some drilling going on there. Apologise. Um, once you've been working class, you're always working class. Doesn't matter what happens with your, you know, your bank balance or what job you do or whatever it is in your head. Once you, when you've had nothing, you always work towards never having nothing again. And my, and the, so the worry I have with my kids is they've only ever had good, a good life essentially, or not a good life. You know, what I mean? they've only ever had things, and. Uh, and so, yeah, I sort of think, oh, maybe I'm, am I doing it right? <laughs> you know I mean? But you sort of made know. a rod for your back because you've ended yeah. up with six kids, so you've really got to keep doing it right for quite a long time, haven't you? Know, right. Six of them, I know. It's mad, isn't it? <laughs> and you've got twins. I've got twins as well, and that's a whole yeah, world of pain in itself. Well, my twins were first as well, oh, and so I've never, I've never, I've never had one kid. I don't know what that's like. I've only ever had multiple children. Yeah. <laughs> It's nuts, yeah. So but, um, you know, and I sort of joke about it. Like, I, I, I sort of put some stories in there from the last tour about um, how they would, uh, you know, my brother rang me up once and said, oh, you better come and get your kids. They're having a sleepover. And I said, why? And he said, because they're going to get us battered on our estate. And I said, why? So because uh, I've just caught two of them running up, the, running up the street laughing because all the houses are stuck together. <laughs> But isn't it weird? Because I I have to explain to my son. We live in a very posh part of Berkshire now, and Mm. you have to have that conversations about. Well, so and so's got a pool, and we haven't. And it's (laughs) you know it's quite hard to navigate other people's wealth. And you know my background when we go back home is Middlesbrough and stuff. Mm. But it's quite good, I think, to have that and to go. Well, no, we haven't got everything. Um, yeah, it's a- mine went to a, a you know a state primary school as well, so they, they all go there, and that I think that helped as well. Because at that point, I thought to myself, I don't want them to have such a different upbringing to me that we've actually got nothing in common mm. later on. Do you know what I mean? And 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 I thought, well, that's you know, so I want to make sure that that was that was part of it really. So um, and that had its you know plus and minuses. <laughs> there, uh, they went to a lovely little primary school in uh, in well, a little hundreds of children, you know, but in in Stockport. And, you know, I remember once going into school and there was a couple of girls behind us, sort of year six girls, you know, sassy, top of the school sort of thing. And uh, I heard one of them go, hey, you know who that is? <laughs> the other one went, who? He went, is that Jason Manford? And he went, who's he? <laughs> He's famous. And she looked at me. I mean, I'm about, I can hear every word. And she went, well, he doesn't dress famous. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> what was supposed to be in a dicky bow? <laughs> like a full, full shirt, black tie event. And then my gap jumper and my trackies, like, oh, sorry. Um, so, but no, it's, you know, I I notice it with the kids sometimes. Like, <laughs> there's little things you put in place. Like, um, you know, we've got a cleaner, but I just don't let her do their rooms. <laughs> like, it's weird rules that I have. You don't do any, don't do their beds. They do their own beds. They do their own washing. Like, they sort their own rooms out. Do my room, of course, because I've worked hard and I've, worked, I've made a lot of beds. So what, <laughs> don't do that. What are the ages of your kids, then? Just run through. how we're, They we're, are 11. Right. Uh, crikey. So my twins are 11 and then 10 and then 8 
uh, little boy. Uh, and then I've got uh, five and two, and they're with my new partner. Um, so it's, and I sort of had the big four sort of half the week. So it's, uh, you know, it's it sort of all works out quite well, but it's, yeah, it's pretty full on. Yeah. And from what you said about your dad, you have a good role model in your dad to yes. do the, the parenting, do you think, would you say? Yeah, I think so. My dad was unemployed for a while and my mum, and he sort of supported my mum at home while she went to train to be a nurse. And I remember there being a Christmas where I got an ironing board, like a kid's ironing board. Um, as a present? I, I made, as a present, yeah, like a kid's one, not not to be used, like as a you know, like a toy cafe or a toy <laughs> kettle. Or on it. <laughs> yeah. And I was about sort of, I must have been about nine, I think. And it was, and I got a, and I think I asked for a push chair with a, you know, a doll in it and stuff. And it wasn't like a weird thing. Maybe I was younger, probably maybe I was about five or six. But I remember that just being a thing that I wanted. And, and obviously years later I realised, well, that's because that's what I saw my dad doing. Like my dad was doing the ironing and the cooking and pushing my brother in a pram and uh, and whatever. So obviously I wanted to do what, what men do, what, what my dad does, you know. Um, and so I sort of, yeah, so I, I guess in that respect, I always had him to as, a, as someone that I looked up to. And even now, you know, me and my brother still discuss it, you know, because he's... Um, He's a bit like the dad in This Is Us. Have you watched This Is Us? No, I haven't actually. Oh, that's great. Have a no. watch of that. But he's this sort of like my dad is this, you know, he's just a good bloke. You know, he's a good bloke and he and 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 they both are, you know. But he's for us, for for us three lads, he was always just that the sort of person that he'd always he's always got good advice and he's always he's always there for you. He, he thinks badly of nobody. You know, everybody likes him. You know, he's just sort of one of those people, really. So um so yeah, in that respect, for, for for parenting, yeah, he's the he's your sort of was the go to really. And in the, the the way you described your childhood as always being outdoorsy, you're always on your bikes, you're always playing out. Is that possible for the childhood that you're giving your lot? Yeah, I mean, as much as it can be, you know, we we uh, we we walk to the park, which is a couple of minutes up the road, and it's and it's Bramall Park, which is lovely and it's well looked after by the council, and there's no heroin needles around like there was in our park. Um, you know, the ducks all look healthy. <laughs> there's no there's no um, shopping trolleys in the pond. Um, so yeah, I think so. I mean, and I've I think what's hard is. You know, like I was saying before about going to the shops and stuff, when we were kids, off you go to the shops, you'd be eight, nine, just wandering to the shop. It'd be like two mile away or something, <laughs> or it felt like it. Um, and I remember, like, my daughters were starting high school this year, and I, you know, last year, and I thought, I'm going to have to start letting them out <laughs> of our road because they've not actually ever been anywhere by themselves, and they're going to start, you know, walking to the bus stop and, you know, all these sort of things. Um, and I sort of let them, I said, right, you can walk to the shop, which is only, you know, not, not even a mile away. Um, and I still got in the car and bloody like, <laughs> I was gonna ask, did you follow, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely mental case. So maybe we're just a bit the thing I always think about, and I'm sort of I'm I'm sort of trying to write about this at the moment. The main thing I find hard is, and I think it's from our generation, is that uh we like to be liked. And this is what makes parenting very difficult in the modern world, because sometimes as a parent, you need to be not liked for a little while if you are, you know, laying down the law or something's gone wrong. And, they, you know, the they say now that even being liked on Facebook, sorry, even being liked on Facebook, do that again. 
So they say now even being liked on Facebook, that releases endorphins in the brain the same as uh, drugs or sex or gambling or whatever. So we we physically like to be liked. And so it's hard sometimes when you're looking at this person, this little miniature version of you, and they don't like you <laughs> for a few minutes. Whereas <laughs> our parents, they didn't care yeah. <laughs> if you liked them or not. They just they were like, we're not here to be your friend. And we've all changed as parents. You know, I talked about it in the last show. We didn't hang out with our parents. It wasn't something we did. We just, we did our own things. And then at the end of the day, you come and have dinner together or whatever, you know, but... And, well, I and think was... that's the biggest pressure, that uh, getting to the end of the day and thinking, have I played with the kids? And then I always think, yeah. I don't remember a single no. incident of my parents playing with me. 100%. I say it to my mates all the time, I say, you know, when they're feeling the pressure of parenthood, I'll say to them, I said, give me three experiences that you had where it was just you and your dad, just just you two, solo, or just you and your mum, or you just did something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's so rare, but we put – I read two um, – Two studies that were done recently, which is um, we actually spend twice as much pe- we actually spend twice as much time with our children as parents did fifty years ago. Well, that's where we're going wrong. And Might, yet, yeah, the other study says we feel like we don't spend enough time with our children. Oh, that's that's depressed me. That has isn't it? So we so we we actually do spend more time with yes. them. Yes, and yet we feel like we don't. We need to spend even more. And and the irony of, of the current situation is all we're doing is we're trapped with them. We're spending more time than ever. And still you yeah. get into bed going, I've not spent enough time with the kids. I know. Today. I know. <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? But, you, you know, you don't love your parents any less because they, my, you know, I joke about it in the tour. You know, I take my kids to the park. I walk the kids to the park and, we, and I sit there in the park. And, they, you know, I can't go on anything. None of these rides are designed for me, so I have to sit on a bench. And they're, they're in the park having a good time. My dad, not once in my childhood did my dad take me to the park. If I'd have said to my dad, can we go to the park? He'd have gone, off you go then. Yeah. And then I'd have gone to the park. Like, So we do, we put an awful lot of pressure on ourselves as modern parents. And I think social media has an aspect to that. Sometimes you, and it's just something else I say um, in my shows, which is, you know, sometimes you can be watching other people's, uh, videos or pictures of them and their kids and think, God, their house is so tidy. Their kids are well behaved. Um, you know what? And then you're looking around at your absolute tip of a house and your kids tearing, you know, each other a new one. And I always say that they're not better parents than you. They're better at getting a photo of you. Yeah. They're better at getting photos of when the times are good. And that's the main difference. They're better at advertising than you are. <laughs> that's the only difference, you know? Um, and and so I think we just put this unnecessary pressure on ourselves a lot of the time when it comes to parenting. You you are doing better than you think you are. But that, I'm interested when you're saying about wanting to be liked, do you think mm. you try to be good cop then within your relationship or is it sort of fairly evenly balanced? Because I feel little, my husband's yeah. lovely and I am mm. an irritating moron and I kind of know that. <laughs> um, but when the kids are going, well, I'd rather daddy did it and no, I want I'm like, oh God, this is this like coming home to roost now. So do you think yeah. that going on? I don't know. My my. I'm playing the long game with my kids, which is like, I do work a lot, you know, and certainly this last 12 months has given me a bit more of a, um, a, a sort of an idea of like, actually, I probably need to rein that in a bit and spend a bit of time at home. And so certainly for the next tour, when we've gone through the next tour, I've gone, look, I need, I need Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off and I'll, and then I'll work Wednesday to Saturday, you know, but I'm not. I'm not doing every night like I've done previously because I'm missing out on these times with the kids. And I miss, you know, even this Christmas, I thought to myself, gosh, you know, this was the first Christmas that um, 
I wasn't properly working, you know, and I loved it. It was great. Um, so I just sort of found, you know, found myself sort of reevaluating, re I guess, uh, this last 12 months of, of, of what time, because you know, think to yourself, well, what have you got? You've got 16, 17 summers with your kids. You've got 16, 17 Christmases with them. You know, when you actually put it into those numbers, it's not many at all, is it? You know? Um, and so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'd, I'd, I've really changed. I think my parenting st style has probably changed. I've certainly a lot calmer. Um, I like I hear like a noise upstairs, and I'd be like, "What's that?" Like I'm that dad. What's that? Who's that now? Uh, and so, and then you go up there, and, and nothing's happened. <laughs> Whatever. Um, I I'm not the good cop. I wouldn't say necessarily. Um, I've noticed it with my little two. Uh, certainly, my little one, who is I may as well not even be there. I mean, he's so into his mum. It's like, and then I think, I, sometimes I think, oh, I wish he loved me as much as he loved her. And then three o'clock in the morning and he's screaming for her, I think, nice one. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think in, I'm playing the long game in as much as, you know, they, I think they will look back on their childhood and realise <laughs> everything that I did. I did it for them. You know, I, I worked hard, bec you know, so they could have a childhood that I didn't have. And I, you know, I went, I went to a rough school, so you didn't have to. And I, I did these things so you could have this nice life, you know. And that's not to say money's everything because, um, and, you know, and, and having opportunities is everything. Because I actually sometimes uh, look at my brother, for example, who, you know, they're not particularly well off, they're both teachers, you know. But, um, you know, he's, he's married to his childhood sweetheart and they've been together forever. And I sometimes think, because I'm divorced, you know, sometimes I think, oh, I really dropped the ball there you know, and I let them down in that respect. And then sometimes I make it up, you know, in my head, I make it up in different ways. So I think we, every parent has something that you think that you're not doing properly. Yeah. And actually we're doing all right. And just as we approach you having to make your decision on this final question, in terms yes. of what you've ended up doing for a living, mm. can you, would you recommend, you know, would you encourage your children to do what you've done to end up in our industry? Where are you at with that in your head? Yeah, I mean, it's a tough one because my kids are not necessarily um, performers. You know, they don't. It's it's not. Um, it doesn't really come natural to them. Considering, you know, uh, certainly my big kids, their mum is a, a, an actor as well. Um, but they've all, you know, they can all sing a bit, and they can all they all like playing instruments and stuff like that. But I think they'll probably end up in something a bit more sensible than than uh, than what I do. And I, and I'm sort of glad in a way. I certainly won't want them to be comedians. <laughs> um, I'd find that very weird. <laughs> One of your brothers is a comedian as well, isn't it? Yeah, Colin does it, yeah. yeah. I think sometimes, though, I think, you know, the thing with this job is that it's a, you've got a one-in-a-five-million shot at not just being able to do it professionally, but being able to do it successfully is like, a, is like winning a lottery, you know, and that's why I say it's such a privilege to do it because it is, it's not just on how hard you work, you know, like other jobs, you go, you work hard, now you're the manager, you work harder, and now you're the CEO, and you work hard, now you've got your own business. You know, it's not it's not a job like that. You can be the hardest working actor in the world and still not make it. Like it's not a, you know, it's not, it's not necessarily one doesn't lead to another. Um, and I think sometimes in my family and my sort of circle of family and friends is that because I've sort of made it, in want of a better phrase, uh, I've sort of now made this job tangible. <laughs> it's like mm. a job. You know what I mean? They sort of go, oh, so it's, I mean, Jason's done it. I'm like, yeah, but it's like, it's like going, oh, 
you know, Sarah won the lottery. Well, I may as well keep doing a lottery because, I mean, Sarah won it. Like, mm. it's so random, you know. So in a way, I, there's so much heartache in this job. There's so many times where it's, you know, it's it's tough and hard and, and impossible. And you feel like it's, you know, there's it, so much disappointment. I would, I'd be worried <laughs> for them in that respect. Yeah. But absolutely, if they wanted to do it, I'd say knock yourself out. Because if you can, if you can do it, it's the best job in the world. Right, I'm going to summarise now what you've All said right, back at you. So you, were you, were you in a, a terraced house growing up? Oh, yeah, and never-ending terraced house. house. Carried on. There was the seven of you in there. No, what, five for a while? And then had you gone by the time the last two? It was, yeah, there was five of us for a while, and then these two cropped up by the time I'd left. In your little house near Wally Range, outside, dodging the law, and Edgar. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But on the whole, happy outdoorsy life. And now yeah. you've got I presume you live in some sort of detached fanciness, do you? Still up north? Still though? Fair place, yeah, still yeah. up here, yeah. I mean South Manchester, towards the sort of, you know, footballer world. Yes, right. Uh, you know, Cheshire. But got uh, you. yeah. You know. Yeah. And you're yeah, working a lot, but life balance particularly in the last year doing all right with that a round present for your kids holiday wise you were off to Pfeli was it you said yeah and yeah. now now where do you head in I mean we've time? got a place in Portugal so we got there quite a bit uh you know but they've been yeah, they've been all over the place my kids like that I remember by the time they got to five they'd, they'd already been on more airplanes than I had till I was 25 like I think I can sense where this is going to go, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Would you rather have the childhood you had or the one you're giving mm. your children? I, well, I would have to say, it's a bit of a cop-out answer, but I would have to say I would have the childhood I had. Oh, I didn't think you were going to say yeah. that. Because, you know, I wouldn't, because I know I wouldn't be able to give them the childhood they've got if I'd not had the one I had. Okay. You know what I mean? Like that sense of, I don't know, work ethic and that and that idea of having absolutely nothing to never wanting nothing again. I just don't think I'd be the same person. I, I went around a, a sort of school here in, in Cheshire recently to look for high schools and stuff for the kids. And I was looking at the school and it's unbelievable. You know, it's fee paying and all that sort of stuff. But I was looking at the school and all the opportunities that the kids would have if they went there. And when I came out, I said to my ex-wife, God, I'd love to have gone to this school. And she said, yeah, but you wouldn't be the same person if you'd have gone to this school. And I think, God, I wouldn't have. I'd have had the same work ethic, but I've, I'd have got a proper job. <laughs> I'd have ended up being, you know, an accountant or a lawyer or something like that. Yeah. And it was actually, you know, when it comes to comedy and stuff, I think you need to have a bit about you that, you know, when you've you've struggled and you and you can look at the world from, from the outside looking in because actually for a long time you were on the outside looking in. Um, so, yeah, I know it's a bit of a surprise, but I... I I wouldn't swap my childhood for for anything as difficult as it was um and as you know a couple of plain christmases and, and I certainly didn't have hummus till I was 23 uh I'm still reeling that you got an ironing board bless you I understand like the concept board. of you know being very uh, equal in terms of jobs in the house but still I mean for christmas I know. an iron for christmas board. it wasn't my main present oh well that's all right. <laughs> but it was uh, oh it was great I'll do the ironing I mean there's no ironing to be done but it was uh <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. well, that's brilliant. You've made your decision. And uh, yeah. the only other thing that with it. legally I want to say is you did mention there about mm. um, uh, you only have 16 or 17 summers. And I just want to say this podcast is called 16 Summers based on that. Oh, and now I just don't great. want people to go, oh, Jason Manford invented that. I just want to put that out there, right? <laughs> Not at all. No, I think that's fine. That's a, it's, a good, it's a good title. Oh, thank you so much for painting that picture. That's been really interesting. Oh, <laughs> pleasure. Yeah yeah really sort of work out where you've come from and what you are now thank you my absolute pleasure good luck with it you've been listening to 16 summers with me kirsten o'brien thanks for listening don't forget to subscribe in the usual way and we're always happy to hear your comments using the hashtag 16 summers oh and get along to jason's tour